Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Mary, this is Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. This is the last bonus episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech for 2021. We have a lot to talk about. We actually, I mean, I say that every time, right? There actually isn't a whole lot to talk about, tech news-wise. I have a, quite a few interesting stories, but especially I want you to hang around because we'll go over for you guys a look into all the bumpers because there's four I never got a chance to talk about. Not in the slightest. The time just never came for them. And then also a look into what else is being worked on. First things first, I want to talk about tornadoes. There was a rash of uh, tornado outbreaks in the Midwest that actually caused a significant amount of damage recently. Now, this story is actually a bit old. Oh, wait, maybe we talked. Ooh, maybe I accidentally grabbed the story a little. Uh... Now I'm starting to wonder if I did cover this story or not. We'll, co we'll, we'll go over it real quick. Um, a couple of weeks ago, there was a rash of uh, tornadoes that tore through the Midwest. All right. And one of the things that came up was were cell phones. Specifically, cell phone being coverage being a little bit scarce, but also important for letting everyone know that you're okay. Enter Amazon. One of their one of their warehouses. My echo actually just like perked up. Like, oh, what? What about Amazon? Huh? 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 A little interesting there. But um, Amazon has a policy in their warehouses to not allow cell phones. A lot of the reason could be just distractions. I mean, these fulfillment centers by Amazon are very, 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 very much focused 100% on efficiency. And you having your cell phone around could be pretty detrimental to making sure work got done. You can see the problem. But also taking pictures and all that sort of jazz, corporate secrets and all that. I get why Amazon doesn't have has the policy in place. I can also see why some people think the policy is very suspicious. Well, after one of their warehouses was almost completely destroyed by a tornado, Amazon is now reapproaching their cell phone ban. As of this time, they have not made a decision yet, as far as I'm aware, but they're they're reconsidering this so they could so that people could have at least have let people know they're okay, they're safe, or I'm not, I need help. This happened, that happened, my car was destroyed, all sorts of various things. 
so we'll have to just wait and see how things go. Shifting gears radically, Nicola. Nicola is a electric truck company that um, never went anywhere. However, they were facing criminal charges about defrauding investors. It's been years, and this company has produced exactly nothing and has missed several deadlines. And almost as though it's an admission of guilt, Nikola, who looked like they could have been an electric vehicle company that had some promise in the future, is now paying out $125 million to settle allegations of defrauding their investors. This company's dead. There's no other way to phrase it. They are history. They are toast. There is no possible way this company comes back after this because you can already see the spiral they're going down. They are clearly going down the drain. So what's next? In the end, I guess we'll just have to wait and see, but let's be perfectly honest. We can kind of see how this song and dance is going to go. Meanwhile, in Intel land, early GPU benchmarks are providing a glimmer of hope as Intel's Arc DG2 is showing some promise. In fact, the benchmark is showing that Intel GPUs are getting close to 100 and 145 frames per second. Whereas average benchmarks with the, with this, what is this? Ashes of singularity were ranged at about 126.9 FPS. Okay, okay. We got some hope. We got some hope. This would put it around the mark of being a RTX 3070 equivalent, which... You know what? Honestly, that's not bad. And this isn't the first benchmark that's leaked out that's been saying this. Now, before you pull out your wallet to pre-order, instead, go grab your salt container. You're going you're gonna to need a few grains of that because let's be perfectly honest, this is Intel. And although they are trying to change the direction of their company, radically there is still the elephant in the room that intel has done some very very um selective benchmark choices in the past so the next question is are we confident that these benchmarks are true 
Well, we can either A, wait for more benchmarks to come out and just hope and pray that uh, more good things come, or we can instead just kind of chillax, relax, and maybe, just maybe, we can benchmark the actual GPUs. Now there's a crazy thought. Sticking around in Intel land, the Intel Core i9-12900KS, which somehow, somehow we're getting used to saying these wonky CPU names. I never thought we would, but we're actually pulling it off. Uh, could quite possibly be a direct response to AMD Ryzen with 3D vCache. So rumors right now are just kind of a question mark at this point. But the concept is that this theoretical 2900KS is supposed to be binned, pre-binned to reach a certain benchmark point. And... The whole point of this is to try and compete with the new Ryzen processors. The new Ryzen processors, of course, are going to feature 3D vCache, which is engineering speak for it be better because we did this cool thing nobody's going to really care about in the grand scheme of things. What? Don't look at me like that. You know it's true. As cool as having 3D vCache is, you don't care. The overly majority of you listening to this right now care for the most part that you have a faster processor. Or, probably more importantly right now, that you can actually get it. Yeah, that's kind of an important factor in all this, isn't it? Ubisoft, on the other hand, is seeing a exodus of employees. At this point, they have seen almost... How many are we seeing here? I was about to go say the wrong word, or the, the wrong number. We have seen a grand total of... Nobody has said anything. There's just a flood of... People leaving. Now. I do wonder what's going on at Ubisoft. Right now, Ubisoft, according to this article here from Axios, says that they have 20,000 plus employees and is one of the one of the one of gaming's largest workforces. Now, many of these developers have decided to quit. How many as many? Unfortunately, we don't know. Also, according to Axios, top name talent 
is also leaving, of which five of the top 25 credit people to the company's biggest game, which is Far Cry 6. So why are people leaving? Are they are there just this many people deciding it's time to move on? People who are saying, you know, maybe we need to look on for other work. Like how big is this? According to LinkedIn, the attrition rate, meaning how many people are leaving, nor are just leaving because they feel it's time for whatever reason versus how many people are being hired is currently 12%, as in that's how many they're lo losing. Now, I'm not sure exactly how they got to 12%. Does that mean that 12% are leaving or, you know, it's, it's hard to say. A lot of these reports are kind of muddied, jumbled. But here's what I have to ask. How much of this is, is related? How much of this is related to either A, the white collar movement trying to say it's time for better work, and how much of this is because Ubisoft is going straight into the scam territory of NFTs? kind of hard to say to be perfectly honest but in the end hopefully as the new year comes we get a better report although here's one question wasn't ubisoft part of the uh the wave of me too allegations i want to say they were part of the early bits of that I wonder if the recent leaving are Ubisoft employees remembering that, seeing what's going on at Blizzard and just going, you know what? Maybe I'm just going to go elsewhere. Wouldn't be that surprising, would it? Let's talk about some early CES looks. LG is look is launching its first gaming laptop and it's coming with an NVIDIA RTX 3080 and 11th gen Intel CPU. This is specifically the the 17 inch Ultra Gear 17 G90Q, a name that absolutely rolls off the tongue. Equipped with a 300 refresh, uh, blah, blah, blah. A 300 hertz 1080p IPS display, which I think is actually a brilliant decision. Stick with 1080p, get the higher refresh rate. If you're going to do gaming, you might as well go ahead and just not bother with the higher resolutions. Go stick with the 1080p. It's 
fine for a laptop. But crank that refresh rate. That will be golden. Equipped with a, with a 93 watt hour battery, a good selection of ports, including USB 4. I hate this! Including a USB 4 Gen 3x2 Type-C with Thunderbolt 4. I hate USB terminal. What what is this word salad I just said? Uh, it has a Thunderbolt port, aka USB four. It's a Type C connector. Another standard USB Type C connector that's all that's only capable of three point two, three point two. Uh, Gen speeds, two USB 3.2 speeds. These are USB type A ports, an HDMI micro SD card slot, headphone jack, and an, and an ethernet port. Holy cow. Was that so hard to say? I'm not even kidding. What this, uh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna read what it says the port selection is, because this now drives me nuts, including a USB for Gen 3X2, parentheses, type C, in parentheses, with Thunderbolt 4, another USB-C 3.2 2x1, two USB 3.2 Gen 2x1, HDMI, micro SD, headphone jack, and RJ45. There are those who are tech savvy that looked at that word salad I just said and said, what in the fresh Sam flip and flop did you just say? It has a USB-C Thunderbolt port. It has a USB-C non-Thunderbolt port. It has two USB-A's. It has HDMI, micro SD, headphone jack, and an ethernet port. Is that so hard to say? But no, because of the freaking nightmare that that USB has put us in. This is the kind of word salad nonsense we get. I hate it. And I wish it would die. Oh man. Ooh. Anyway, LG didn't re reveal pricing. Maybe we'll, we'll find out more at CES in case they actually show up. LOL. Probably not. There is however, an, a 16 by 18 monitor that um, I have to ask, why the heck did we call it that? Why not call it a 32 by, by 36 monitor? Or a 64 by, <laughs> what would it be? 64 by 72 monitor. It's an 8 by 9 monitor. It's an almost perfectly square monitor that is 20 inches, and it's basically just two widescreen panels on top of each other. The whole concept here is to pretty much just give a unique, massive amount of screen real estate in a space that could be very greatly utilized by multitaskers. You know what we're seeing more and more? 
16 by 9 being something more akin to gaming or media consumption. And something that vanishes in productivity laptops and computers. We are going back to 4 by 3 aspect ratios. You notice this, right? We're trying not to use the term 4 by 3 but we're going back to 4 by 3 By the way, Honor Magic is saying they have a full they have a they're going to have the Honor Magic V and it's going to be a foldable smartphone. Wow, neat. Anyway, Malaysia has tweaked its copyright law to hit streamers for copyright infringement content. So <laughs> No joke, the Malaysian House of Representatives have passed an amendment to the 1987 Copyright Act within Malaysia specifically so that they can finally go after live content who can face fines upwards of $2,000. Specifically 200,000 RM, which is, I have no idea what Malaysia calls their currency. But apparently it's RM. Yay. But in any case, it does just come out of nowhere. And quite frankly, the way it's phrased, it's um, very anti-consumer. Like, not going to lie. So, what now? What's going to happen? Hopefully this doesn't end up becoming something like what we see in Japan. In Japan, if you are even suspected of infringing on Japanese copyright, they come at you aggressively. Like, no joke. And it is very difficult to fight. It is almost completely maddening. So we'll see how that turn, turns out. <laughs> Meanwhile on Twitch, Amazon banned itself on Twitch. When a rogue in, in, when a, when a rogue host exposed herself on air, apparently Amazon briefly suspended its Spanish language Prime Video Twitch channel on Sunday after a host exposed herself on air, according to a report from the from the BBC. 
The ban was lifted less than 24 hours later, according to Android police, and the broadcast appears to have been deleted from the channel. But it's a bit unusual for Amazon to essentially ban itself. The dust-up occurred during the talk show Esto Es On Latte, which I have most likely mispronounced, and towards the end of the of what the BBC described as an hours-long broadcast, we're about to be banned, said the host and comedian Henar Alvarez, who I've most likely pronounced, when lifting up her skirt on the live screen, on the live stream, come on, they're gonna ban us. Um, normally on these kind of cases, I try to look at it from the other person's point of view. I do not believe there is another point of view in this case. What else do you say? <laughs> Everything that's reported here is correct. She just straight up gave everyone an, un an upskirt shot and just said, I'm done by getting out of here, lol. Oh, man. Uh, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, I have one last story, and of course a peek into what I have planned for the podcast from here on out. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. The last episode for 2021. And here we have a special remix of the Shinra theme. And again, its sole purpose is going to be our Dread bumper. Hopefully we don't need it as much as we did in 2021. But I got a feeling, thanks to the Blizzard story, it's going to get some good mileage. The whole point of it is to sense, to kind of set in the something serious is going to happen. It's what the Dark Star did. It's what Prophecy did. It's what, um, uh, what was not, uh, well, no, it wasn't Prophecy. What was the one before that? The very first one. It was, um, oh God. I can't remember the name of the, the track now. It's going to drive me nuts. Uh, Oracle, I think. But in any case, the Shinra theme, I think, is going to fit very, very well. Especially as we get more scandals like what's going on at Blizzard. Meanwhile, I have this one. TikTok is sued by a former content moderator for allegedly failing to protect her mental health. The former moderator says she faced a barrage of disturbing footage. So, to which I say, of course you have, you're on TikTok. I'd say 80% of what's on TikTok 
is disturbing garbage. Have you been on it? <laughs> This is going to be a fun one to point out, because then who's going to moderate for the moderators? I'm actually really curious how this is going to go down. But we're going to go ahead and see what the heck is going to go on. So let's actually talk a little bit about the podcast. My plans right now are, in fact, to continue as we are. Until we no longer have the two-hour time slot on that internet radio station. We're going to stick to the main podcast being restricted to four segments of 30 minutes each. And then this episode, this, episode, this podcast, being restricted to basically being freeform. Whatever's left over, we'll talk about. If there's not much left over, I'll go find a special story to go ahead and talk about. Or just give behind the scenes. That's my plan going forward. I am still waiting to hear back from Anchor as far as ad placements in the main podcast. I did get an email and I'm waiting to hear back from... Where is it? 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 I just had the name of the company. Where is it? From Audrey. Audrey has actually sent an email specifically in regards to, I think this is actually to the early burb briefing podcast. Yes. Uh, specifically trying to go ahead and uh, try to market out to find guests. I don't get what it is about people assuming the short four minute podcast needs a guest. I can barely get everything that I need. What am I going to do? Hey, here's the story. Hey, guess what you have to say? Uh, okay. That's all the time we have. Bye. I know these are automated, but come on. Helium network did the same thing too. They originally reached out to Early Bird Briefing wanting to go give that a time slot. It's four minutes long. What is wrong with you? Even this segment just talking about stuff is longer. But I do want to get general ads on Eagle Eyes on Tech. I want to get the Early Bird Briefing to have just short ads hopefully we're going to see something from anchor. That'll just say, Hey, you know, quick 15, 15 second ad, maybe 30, 30, I'd say 30 seconds tops is what I would be comfortable with on the early bird briefing. Cause like, they have me go 45 seconds to a minute. You're getting close to 20 to 25% of the, of the podcast being an ad. And I think that's excessive. Now, with that said, that's my plans. Of course, nothing is set in stone. Who knows what will happen? We might be able to go ahead and secure in more guests. I would love to get more guests. The problem is, of course, 
this is my hobby. For those of you who somehow don't know, I also stream on Twitch. And that is also my hobby. My job is that I run a commercial laundry plant. And it is a full-time job. The problem with securing guests is that is also a job. And honestly, I would love to see these podcasts be successful enough that I could hire on a manager for these sort of things who could go ahead and secure that sort of stuff, but they don't. I have currently made $40 total on Anchor this past year, and I'm grateful for that. Because even though it doesn't sound like much, I have technically made more money on Spreaker and their network. I've actually made four times that amount on Spreaker in one year versus what I made with Anchor in the half year. In fact, I made three times uh, what I made on Anchor in the half year that I was on Spreaker for and then switched over to Anchor. But there's one big, 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 big difference. Anchor has no upkeep. None. Zip. Zero. Nada. And that is the beauty of it. So, all that money from that's been given in right now, I can invest that back into the stream, into the podcast, into getting uh, who knows what. Some updated equipment. Heck, this computer that I do all this broadcasting on is very quickly reaching its limit. It needs either a CPU upgrade or a total replacement. I'm not sure which yet. But you know what? $40 on the podcast can put that with the, with the stream money and it can hopefully help out with that. With that though, I give you our bumper lineup. Let's actually hope this doesn't kill the podcast. All right, good. It doesn't. <laughs> I wasn't sure because these buttons for the bumpers also automatically start the recording. So there's a decent chance it would have just ended up killing the recording as well. And it fortunately did not. That is Legacy of the Wizard. That is, of course, going to be in the new rotation. You already heard the, the Shinra Dread theme, which, again, we're going to use that for heavy hitting stories. This one, of course, is one of the Toho remixes. Specifically, this is... Ba -ba -da -ba -da -ba -da -ba -da. Kobito of the Shining Needle, Little Princess, a remix by Link Star Zelda. And I'm grateful for being able to use it. A fantastic little piece. By the way, where I am interrupting 
is going to be about where I'd come in every single time when I use these bumpers. So you have an idea. This one is from uh, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. It is a remix done by Shkafi One. Mystic Quest is kind of one of those uh, RPGs that um, you kind of forget about. It was released on the uh, Super Nintendo and was kind of Square Enix's attempt to say like, hey, here's an easy Final Fantasy for you. And it is a very easy RPG. It really, really is, but it is still fun. And the music on it is absolutely top-notch, especially for its era. If you haven't checked it out, I do strongly recommend you do. How you do that, uh, good luck. This one's kind of an interesting choice now that I've actually finished uh, Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker. The original thought when I picked this one is that um, with Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker coming out, the conclusion of the current uh, Final Fantasy XIV arc, that, um, well, they're going, they they very heavily inferred it's gonna be Final Fantasy IV, or IV themed. So I was like, oh, let me go get the final boss of of FF4 and find a remix of that. This specific remix was done by... They did not credit themselves. Well, that's really awkward. But in any case, um, fun fact, this, the theme never shows up. The Zeramis battle theme does not show up once in all of Endwalker. I don't know if you consider that a spoiler or not, but it's not. They very much did like a little splash of FF4 in there, and it was a great nostalgia trip, by the way. And then after that, they very, very much said, we're doing our own theme, and that's going to be it. Next up, another Toho remix, and one of my favorites. one man oh man. this was a gem when i found it holy cow rumia's theme is one that just kind of um you don't really think about a whole lot this specific one is called the apparition stalk of the night and this was done by link star zelda it's an insane remix. Same person who did, did uh, Kobito the Shiny Needle, by the way. The remix of it, by the way. Not the original. The originals were done by Zun. All the originals of Toho were done, done by Zun. It's such a jam. It was such a surprise. Like, after I recorded that, I just listened to it on repeat for a while. I was doing other work. Such a great piece of, piece of work. Next up. Yeah, now we're starting to get into the ones that are new. This is industrial ambiance done for just beats and shapes. 
with the kind of industrial tunes of uh, the Devil's Lab remix exiting with 2021, I felt like I wanted to get that kind of techno industrialness in and Just Beats and Shapes definitely provided. This done by Danimal Cannon and it's just such a great unit. But of course, I mean, if you know the intro at all, I started running into a bit of a problem with time crunches and how busy I was with work. I had to ask myself, why am I only using the Uno theme from Ragnarok Online? I mean, this is one of the more notorious pieces to those who are familiar with Ragnarok Online. Purity of your smile. And it's just one that just, you hear it once and just immediately your anger just melts away. Any frustration you had vanishes. And you know, although the you know theme has pretty much just become like the face of this podcast in a way why not go back and bring in some other pieces but one other game that came up previously is red alert 2 And uh, that was actually, a, nobody knows it because I'm going to stitch it out later, but uh, that one accidentally did kill the podcast. So I'm glad we caught that now rather than later. <laughs> this is Power from, from Red Alert 2. And veterans of the game recognize this as the track that plays after the good one. But it's still just a jam, so you don't even bother switching off. It's one that just kind of sticks in there, you know? Man, now I actually want to just go ahead and just play some Red Alert 2 again. It's been a while! Man! Back in the good old days when art RTSs were just casual, chill, fun, build up a base and just go nuts. But now for the last bumper. Once again, back to my Ragnarok Online days. Let's be honest, when the moment you heard this startup, you knew exactly when I was gonna come in. If you knew this track, welcome Mr. Huang. One piece that just says, it's time to actually get to work. Actually, actually time to get, get to work. I'm telling you to this day, one of the greatest legacies that RO is gonna leave on the gaming world is just the boldness of its soundtrack. 
there is just nothing else like it and it gives no f's about what you think oh it's just a field there should be something more casual something more streamlined no you get none of that the best you're gonna get is peaceful tunes in the town but the moment you leave you know you're in danger so you get danger nah not really though some of the field music is actually very very peaceful as well that one though, the depths of Peon Dungeon. Oh, the number of times I've tried to go down there just to get some levels. Leveling up the crits in. Oh, good times. Good times. But that's what we're gonna have to call it. And it's gonna be the end. Whoops. Would it really be Eagle on Tech if I didn't accidentally mess up something? <laughs> I could just leave that out. Let's try that again. That is going to do it for the final 2021 episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Both the regular version and the subscriber version. Thank you so much to everyone who's listening. If you're listening to this, most likely that means you're a subscriber. And I thank you. Even though it's just a dollar, it adds up. It adds up a lot a dollar a month and gets you an episode every week you decide to make that call and i'm greatly appreciative for it and if you want to do more check out the early bird briefing our daily podcast check out the main podcast eagle eyes on tech and check out my twitch page twitch.tv slash eagle falcon i may have been very busy right now i've been doing a lot of streaming lately trust me i am not gone i will be back to streaming I will keep these podcasts going until something comes up that says I can not. 